Welcome to the best kept secret video cast and podcast from Centricity. If you're a B2B service professional, use our five-step process to go from the grind of chasing every sale to keeping your pipeline full with prospects knocking on your door to buy from you. We give you the freedom of time and a life outside of your business. Each episode features an executive from a B2B services company sharing their provocative perspective on an opportunity that many of their clients are missing out on. It's how we teach our clients to get executive decision makers to buy without being salesy or spammy. Here's our host, the co-founder and CEO of Centricity, Jay Kingley. I'm Jay Kingley, co-founder and CEO of Centricity. Welcome to another episode of our Best Kept Secret Show, where I'm happy to welcome Stephanie Judd, partner with Wolf and Heron. They help people increase their impact at work by training them to be influential storytellers. Stephanie is based in Buena Vista, Colorado. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. Thank you. So happy to be here. Stephanie, when I think back at human history, go back to prehistoric times, cave person times, if you will. What we know is that storytelling was the dominant form of communication. Even before there was written language, culture, ways of living, tips and tricks for survival, the family stories, family history was passed down through the use of stories. It seems like humans are wired to both tell and listen to stories. We can do it for hours. And if you think back to the early days of the uh, 1900s and the rise of Hollywood through its cultural dominance today, I think one of the reasons that Hollywood shines is that they are among the best storytellers in the world. Now, interestingly enough, there's only seven different story arcs that they have found to exist, and they've been able to categorize the millions and millions of stories that have been told into one of seven formats. And yet, we never get tired of hearing stories. So, given the power of storytelling, Stephanie, why is it in the business world that the people who are communicating on behalf of their business. People in sales, people in marketing tend to over rely on facts and figures and benefits and features and attributes and totally miss out on the power of stories. Yeah, it's a very good question and something that we talk about all the time because storytelling is so fundamentally human. Um, Salespeople actually do on some level, understand the power of storytelling. They bring, they try to bring stories into their pitches and into their conversations because they do understand implicitly that stories are important for building connection and communicating information. And yet, fundamentally, there are two mistakes that they make. Um, the first is that storytell- that salespeople want to tell stories that bring forward whatever it is that they're trying to sell. They're product, their service, their, you know, their, their thing. And so they, they first think that the stories that they tell have to be really literal. They, they're, they're ready to tell stories about the product or about the feature or about the benefit. Um, and the second mistake that they make is that they focus very heavily on the data and the information and maybe even the story that they tell is how the data was found. Right. And what they, what they leave out is plot and most importantly, emotion. 
they leave out the human experience, the part of the, of what makes a story actually create connection and be influential. Stephanie, I, I had a, a boss once who used to bring all of the uh, partners was in a consulting firm uh, together. And with a twinkle in his eye, we'd be going through, uh, you know, how we were progressing on bringing in clients. And he would look at someone who was struggling and he'd say, so are you using the old enough about you? Let's talk about me tactic. <laughs> and, you know, I'm wondering, is one of the issues that you see that when people try to tell stories, they want to put themselves at the center of the story rather than their client at the center of the story? Mm. Ooh, ooh, good question. So yes and no is the answer to that. And so what we talk about often when we're, um, when we're helping folks be more authentic in their storytelling is figuring out ways to actually bring themselves into the story. Um, very often when people are talking about their product or service, they're talking product, service, product, service, and they don't bring their own authenticity to the story that they're telling. And by not bringing their own authenticity, they miss the opportunity to create human connection. That being said, Absolutely. When we talk to salespeople, the other thing that we're trying to train them on is you actually want to, as a salesperson, pull stories from your prospective clients, right? And pull ideas, ask the right questions so that you're getting information about who they are and what they need just as, just as importantly as part of your, as part of your pitch. Um, and so, yes, to both of those, it's, it's actually bring more of yourself and less of your product or service or, you know, and simultaneously stop talking about yourself and ask questions and get stories from your, from your perspective. One of the uh, all time great stories that I, I find very helpful when it comes to uh, the sales side, and, and it was done as a movie in the 1950s by Cecil B. DeMille called the 10 commandments with, uh, Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner, and it also happens to be the story of Exodus in the Bible. And that is your customers are, are stuck in their own, if you will, land of, uh, of slavery, and they want to get out into the promised land, into what they want to achieve, but they cannot get there on their own. They need a Moses to come in and lead them. Ideas that you are Moses, your, your company, what it is that you can do for them. They need you to get into the promised land, but the story is really their story. You're just a key component, a key enabler in that. And, and I've always found that sort of a helpful way to, to balance out uh, your role versus your, your client's role in the story. Does that resonate with you? Yeah, absolutely. So what is it, Stephanie, that companies and, and sales departments need to do to become more effective at storytelling? First and foremost, salespeople should think about their storytelling with a lens of influence in mind. It's not just entertainment. It's not just, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about myself, right? It, we we want to come to, come to the storytelling with the, with the focus of influence. With that as the framing, the first thing is to focus on bringing the emotional experience of the story for, for to the fore 
and only weaving in the data and the plot that is relevant to bring the story forward, but really focusing on bringing that emotional experience um, to the to the center stage, if you will. The emotion is what creates connection. It's the way that we find shared humanity with each other. And so that is why we want emotion to sit center stage with our stories. The other thing that salespeople need to think about is how to bring elements of themselves and really and show up as authentic and vulnerable human beings and not robotic, perfectly quaffed versions of themselves thinking that that's going to be what is is sales sales appropriate. You know, the, the stereotype of the super slick salesperson is exactly what you should be. Stephanie, I think that you, you're making a um, an interesting argument as to changing the mindset of salespeople becoming, as you put it, influential storytellers anchored to authenticity. So, and, and it's not that common uh, of a thing. So I think there's enormous opportunity. Um, so let's talk about if a, a company in their sales makes that transition and really focuses on being influential storytellers. Let's talk about the benefits to the executive that is leading that charge. And then we'll talk about the benefits that a company can expect to their uh, top line from making this uh, switch over. Sure. The benefits of the executive leading the charge. Well, first, if they are leading by example, they will build credibility and authentic connection with their team. They will become compelling leaders simply by sharing stories at work, sharing stories with their team members that are designed for connection and for that authentic human bond. True influential storytelling is inherently vulnerable and leaders who are willing to step into that vulnerability are reportedly you know, researched as being the most inspiring leaders on their teams and out in the world. And so it's really, really important to kind of show up as a human, authentic, vulnerable leader to be compelling. The second side effect of building influential storytelling skill set is a more connected team. So the team works better together. There's less social friction. The group is going to have more institutional knowledge because they're sharing stories across constantly with each other. Um, that institutional knowledge is also disseminated more effectively and faster as new folks join the team. Um, and finally, the sales team is um, often able to capture these stories into some kind of storytelling library. We often hear of leaders who build video libraries or documents where they can collect these stories. And that helps, of course, make sure that all the knowledge is shared and contained and captured within the team and and held on for for progeny and it just keeps the the sales team working really 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 effectively together and then of course we see storytelling landing more deals i i think the other thing is that uh, as a salesperson you are not restricted to only tell stories that you personally uh, were participating in. You could take someone else's story on your team, mm -hmm. make it your own and with full credibility because it really happened mm -hmm. and you're representing your company, put that out there. Mm -hmm. So the more, as you say, you create that library, the more powerful and impactful mm -hmm. the stories that you can choose and select, which I would assume would flow through into that bottom line impact. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's amazing, actually, how one story can take so many different flavors 
as different storytellers own them. Um, and, and yes, we see sales teams taking a customer success story, for example, and transforming it into 10 different versions of it for 10 different salespeople. And it is always really, really amazing how that can then become the the institutional story that has so, so many different flavors. And, and, and certainly been my experience, and, and I think many people's experience, that messaging is so critical to get right to drive your uh, top line revenue and to drive your uh, efficiency at being able to convert. And storytelling is probably the most effective way to message and to make it compelling because if you can succeed in getting your customer to say, I see myself in your story. And I, and as you pointed out earlier with the emotion that you understand the pain, I can, I can feel my pain in the beginning, but I see that light at the end of the tunnel and I see that very positive and they lived happily ever after ending, which is what we all love about stories. If I can see myself in that, I've got to be much more likely to work with you than your competitor mm -hmm. who's telling me all about features, functions, and benefits. Yes, absolutely. If I can see myself and if I can see you as a human that I also connect with, right? It's yes, yes to all of that. So I think you've made, you know, a compelling argument as to not just the power of storytelling, but why certainly in the sales function, I might also argue marketing the same needs to put influencer storytelling front and center of how they're communicating to the marketplace. So given that, let's talk about implementation. So if I want to adopt this approach, what are the things that I need to do to transform my organization? Okay, two really big buckets. The first is you gotta get your group telling stories that are actually influential. And I'll talk about what that looks like in a second. The other thing that you got to do is build a practice of storytelling, build a routine habit so that the muscle gets stronger over time. So in that first bucket, what actually makes a story influential? There are four critical components to an influential story, and these are different than what makes a story great. Um, because we look at storytelling from the perspective of influence, we're taking influence science and influence knowledge and overlaying that over top of story storytelling and the art of storytelling. And so these four, these four components are what makes a story influential. The first is you got to keep it real. And that's, that's about the authenticity. That's about showing up as a human being. It's about telling a story where you as the storyteller authentically connect to the story. If it's not a story that you lived, then at least your authentic connection to that story should show up in the story that you tell. The second is invite curiosity. That is about the intellectual experience of your audience. So you have to tell a story that is gets gets people curious, gets people asking questions, gets people guessing what's going to come next. They have to be intellectually stimulated. Their prefrontal cortex has to be activated. And so that is what Invite Curiosity is about. Engaging emotion is the third. This is the one that's about activating the physiological, emotional experience of the audience members. And so we, we call feelings feelings because we literally feel them in our bodies. And so we talk a lot about when you're engaging emotion, you want your audience to have a physical sensation. You, if you're talking about goosebumps, you want them to have goosebumps. If you're talking about getting 
hot in the evening, you gotta, you want them to sweat a little, right? And so you want to bring forward physical activation so that the story becomes fundamentally experiential. By making your story experiential, you've now captured your audience in a completely new way. And then the final one, and this is the one where we differentiate most from the Hollywood storytellers and the other entertainers out there. The final one is pick one theme. And that is basically built around the idea that we as human beings are inundated with so much information and so many things to think about that if we tell a story that has only one point and it makes that point very clear, then our audience can walk away with at least the one thing that they're supposed to remember internalized. And so pick one theme is very much about just hone your story, refine it, narrow it, focus it, get it so tight that you focus on only one thing and one thing only. So those are the four components of an influential story. And then, of course, once you have that built into all of your stories, you have to now practice the muscle, practice the muscle. And so we often encourage sales teams to think about how you can build into your weekly stand-up meetings, your monthly routines, even your quarterly showcases, for example, where you have folks stand up, share stories, capture them, practice, and then give feedback to each other. Keep working the muscle because that is fundamentally what will make it something that you can pull out as an extemporaneous uh, skill in the moment when you need it. The difference that you talk about between telling entertaining stories a la Hollywood and influential stories, which is the challenge for uh, salespeople, is incredibly insightful and is something that I think most of us don't fully appreciate. And so I want to thank you mm -hmm. for your clarity um, around exactly how you create influential stories, which are going to move the needle uh, for your mm. business. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to learn a bit more about Stephanie. Are you wondering how much longer you have to grind and chase for every lead conversation and client? Would you like clients to knock on your door so you no longer have to pitch, follow up, and spam decision makers? While Centricity's Category of One program uses a proven five-step process that will help you get in front of the decision makers you need by spending less time doing all the things you hate. It's not cold calling, cold email, cold outreach on LinkedIn or any other social media, or even spending money on ads, but it does have a 35 times higher ROI than any of those things leveraging your expertise and insights at your prospects and network value. The best part, even though you'll see results in 90 days, you get to work with the Centricity team for an entire year to make sure you have all the pieces in place and working so you can start having freedom of time and a life outside of your business. So email time at centricityb2b.com to schedule an 18-minute call to learn more. Welcome back. We're talking to Stephanie Judd of Wolf and Heron. Let's find out a bit more about Stephanie. Stephanie, what are the pain points that you solve for your target market and why do they need you to get rid of the pain? Oh, salespeople and especially technical salespeople struggle to make their product or their service accessible and understandable to their clients. They get caught up in the virtues of a specific feature or they're focusing on the benefits of a particular thing and they forget to focus on the bigger picture value, what they can offer and, how, and relate it to some kind of concrete experience or feeling that clients already know and so therefore can connect to. 
So when we talk to salespeople, we help them tell authentic, relatable stories that are intentionally structured with the science of influence and information processing in mind so that salespeople can develop rapport, establish trust, communicate value in terms that everyone understands and really essentially build a connection that is going to land a deal. Stephanie, one of the things that every business like yours that sells expertise uh, struggles with is how do they stand out from their competition? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons mm -hmm. that they struggle beyond not being able to tell influential stories is they focus on what it is that they do and not enough on what makes them great at what they do. Because I've always believed that when you're going to, to retain someone to help you, you're looking to retain the best, not the average. And yet when everybody sounds the same to you, you really only have one variable that you can use, which is price to determine one mm. versus the other. So clearly uh, you and your colleagues at Wolf & Heron are really strong in terms of your capabilities. So why don't you tell us, what is it that makes you guys great at what you do? We are special in two ways. The first is unlike other storytelling companies, we focus on storytelling from the point of view of influence. So our backgrounds, our knowledge and our research is grounded in behavior change, decision-making, biases, habits, development, information processing, employee engagement, culture change. We come from the perspective of what will change hearts and minds. And we laid that knowledge and expertise over top of the art storytelling to develop our perspective. So that, that from a, just what's out in the marketplace, our, our point of view is a little bit different, which is compelling to some. The other thing that makes Wolf and Heron really, really powerful is that we design our products and programs informed with this knowledge of this expertise and engagement and inspiration. So fundamentally, our training programs are built on what will change hearts and minds. And so participants in our workshops, they experience something that's highly interactive, facilitated by a change management expert who understands how to inspire people, change their mind about something, and actually walk away with a new skill set that, that they're motivated to build and develop and, and really integrate into their work. Perfect. Now, Stephanie and, and I, I encourage all of our listeners to go to LinkedIn, look up Stephanie, get a chance to see her career education, get a sense of her background that has led her uh, to help create the unique perspective that she has. But I have a slightly different question for you, Stephanie. I'd like to understand okay. if we look at your, you know, be it your personal life or your professional life, what happened that would most explain why you do what you're doing today? Oh, I had a quarter life crisis, a third life crisis. I don't know. Um, when I applied for graduate school, I had al I had already had jobs in lots of different areas. I had worked in technology consulting. I had done environmental nonprofit work. I'd been in public health. I'd been around the world. I'd done all these amazing things. And in the process of that, I had come to the conclusion that I was going to focus on changing the world by addressing climate change. And that the best way to do that was for, is, was through for-profit business. And so I went to an MBA dual degree master's program where I got an MBA and an environmental science degree thinking this is, this is my future. I'm going to change the world. 
And then I had, because this, this degree program was a three-year program and I got two degrees, I had two summer internships. And in these summer internships, I was going to start my, my, uni- my world of changing, changing things around me and making the world better and, you know, saving, saving the, the dolphins. And fundamentally, when I was putting together my resume for my third year, when I was looking for full-time jobs, ready to step out into the world with my, you know, badge of credibility on my back, I went back to my internship supervisors and called them up and said, hey, you know, I know that I was only there for 10 weeks. How is the implementation of my recommendations going? And in both cases, I got back this conversation that was like, Oh yeah, I remember your, I remember your presentation. It was super compelling. Really, really, really great. Yeah. We liked the finances. Yeah. We liked the, you know, the arguments you made. Oh, but change is hard. People don't want to change. Things are, you know, things are just going the way they're going. And so I came away from these two phone calls with this feeling of, Oh my goodness, I can't change the world unless I know how to create change. And so that is what that moment really for me was the genesis of what got me into influence science and change management consulting and the universe of what it is, what it takes to inspire people and create groundswell and really, really effectively change how people think and act, bring their hearts and minds along. Um, and so that was the beginning of the, of the organizational change that I did. And then I also went and did, became certified as a life coach so that I could understand individual change and how people change themselves based on their own motivations. Um, and so through all of these different experiences, I started collecting different perspectives on what it is that actually makes people, um, think differently and, 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 act differently as a result. And so when I launched Wolf and Heron with my partner in 2016, we decided it was time to actually help others drive change. Um, And we started with storytelling because, well, storytelling is where all the power sits. I think you're going to generate a lot of interest, particularly with your take on not just storytelling, but influential storytelling and laying out how you need to approach it. So I'm sure we're going to have listeners that want to reach out to you to continue the conversation. How best for them to do that? You can reach out to me directly at stephanie at wolfandheron.com. And of course, if you would like to go to the website, our website is wolfandheron.com. On our website, we have a contact us form and that comes to me as well. Um, So either way, wolfandheron.com. The amount of insight that you gave us uh, during our conversation today was off the charts. I think you really put out a pretty clear call that we need to change our status quo, embrace the art of influential storytelling. It can really move the needle for your business. But Stephanie, I'm sitting here thinking, I want to move the needle for our listeners. And I think you're just about there. But maybe, maybe you could just sweeten the pot a little bit. So without wanting to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do it anyway. How about a little something extra, a little gift, if you will, Mm. for our listeners? You want want some candy, huh? (laughs) I want some candy. You got it. All right. All right. How about I will put together a discount code for all your listeners. Um, We offer story coaching as a 
as something if you're interested in individual story coaching, but we also have coaching on how to put together workshops so that they're super influential. Um, and some of the other, some of the other coaching packages, I'll, I'll put together a discount code secret S E C R E T, uh, for 20% off. All right. Let's take advantage of it and let's all become influential. Stephanie, thank you so much for being a guest on the best kept secret show to our audience. Let's continue to crush it out there until next time.